Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Before we get started, I do want to encourage you as you make your travel plans in the new year, remember johnnydollarair.com. johnnydollarair.com is a Priceline affiliate, so you can name your own price on hotels, rental cars, airline tickets, and even more, or choose from great published fares just like going to Priceline.com. But when you go through johnnydollarair.com, part of your purchase price goes to support the great detectives of old-time radio at no additional cost to you. So remember, johnnydollarair.com. Well, now it's time for today's episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. There is one lost episode between last week's show and this week's. Uh, the original air date uh, on this one is November the 23rd of 1958. And uh, the title is The Hair-Raising Matter. Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Johnny, this is Fritz Melchior at Star Mutual. Fritz, I can't think of anybody I'd rather hear from. What? Every insurance case you've called me on has put a lot of dough in my pocket. Well, now, And uh, it just uh, happens that right now I can use a few extra bucks. Uh, quite a few. So what's the deal? Well, as a matter of fact, I hadn't thought in terms of any fee on this one. Oh. But of course, we'll pay whatever expenses you may incur. Oh? You, uh, trust me with my expense account, Fritz? Are you kidding? Of course not. <laughs> okay, then. Now that we understand each other, what's the problem? Or rather, who's the problem? John Wakefield Edwards. Ever hear of him? Mm, no, I can't say that I have. Retired businessman. Leather goods, I think it was. He lives just outside of Albany, New York. So what's happened to him? Well, nothing that I know of. But he has a lot of insurance with it, including a straight life policy worth 155000 How old is he, Fritz? In his late 60s. Married? His wife died oh, uh, three or four years ago. Then who's the beneficiary? His adopted daughter, Marilyn. And how old is she? In her late 20s. Uh, she's uh, a very attractive girl, I understand. Then who cares about a plea? Fritz, I'll take the assignment. <laughs> Easy, Johnny. You probably won't even see her. Oh, why not? But she lives and works over in Troy. Ah. Uh... Well, what's happened to the old man? Well, he called me a few minutes ago and asked, or rather demanded, that I send you over to see him immediately. Yeah, why? He wouldn't say. What he did say, though, just before he hung up, is that under no circumstances are you to let her know that you're coming. Meaning Marilyn? I would assume so. Hmm, I wonder. So do I, Johnny. So if I were you, I'd hop on over there. Tonight? Well, first thing in the morning? Okay, Fritz, we'll do. Exciting adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. And now, Act One of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. Submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Star Mutual Insurance Company, Home Office, Hartford, Connecticut. Following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the hair-raising matter. 
When a beautiful girl and a fortune are involved, well, instead of waiting until morning, I got out my car and drove over to Albany. Item 1720 for mileage. I arrived shortly after midnight, checked in at the Sheraton Tenike, and although I was pretty tired, I ran up item two, a dime for a phone call. Yes, this is John Wakefield Edwards. Johnny Dollar, Mr. Edwards. Well, why do you waste your time and money calling me? I told Fritz Meltzer to send you up here. I'm right here in Albany, sir. Oh, good. Do you uh, want me to come out and see you right away? It's pretty late. No, first thing in the morning will be all right. I'm sure nothing will happen before then. Nothing will happen. I'll expect you to have breakfast with me. I, I beg you. What was that? I said be here at breakfast. 7.30 sharp. Oh, okay. But now, uh, just what did you mean about nothing will happen? I'll tell you about it in the morning. Goodbye, Mr. Dollar. Well, now, wait a minute. Look. You're the boss. Why, oh, why didn't I call him back? Demand to know what it was that he was expecting to happen. For it obviously tied in with his wish to see me. But I guess I was tired after the long drive, and he seemed to think the morning was time enough. So I hit the sack. Early in the morning, some coffee sent up to my room, and then the hotel bill came to $9 even. That's item three. And by 25 minutes after 7, I swung onto the long, winding drive that led up to the front of the Edwards Mansion. It was in a wealthy residential section, a couple of miles north of the city proper, and sat in the middle of what must have been a full acre of beautiful trees and gardens. As I approached the house, I noticed a car parked out front, a sweet new little sports car. The door was open, and the good-looking kid got out of it, and it was just about to climb in. As I pulled up to a stop, she stood there looking at me questioningly. This is the Edwards home, isn't it? That's right. You want to see somebody? Why, yes. As a matter of fact, Mr. Edwards sent for me. Oh, really? Are you an old friend of his? Oh, I didn't know it should. Oh, that isn't what I... Uh, I mean... Oh, my name is Johnny Dollar. John, the insurance detective or investigator or whatever you call it. Yeah, something like that. Well, hi. I'm Marilyn Edwards. Well, hi. I should have guessed he'd send for someone like you, Johnny. Come on in. Why, uh, why do you say that, Marilyn? Well, Daddy seemed to be worried about something lately. You know what? No, at least I'm not sure. That's why I thought I'd stop by this morning before going to work. Oh, I thought you were just leaving. No, I just got here, just before you arrived. Uh, what do you do for a living? Don't laugh. I'm a model. Oh. Uh. Stop raising your eyebrows. After all, somebody has to pose for those ads for dishpan hands. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> Shall we go in and see Daddy? That is if he's up. Oh, well, he better be. I have a breakfast day with him at 7.30... And it's now exactly 7.31. Then we'd better go in. Hi, Daddy. Daddy? Durkin? Durkin! I hear you, I hear you. Your foster father hasn't come down yet. Johnny, this is Durkin, Daddy's housekeeper. Now, what is breakfast prompt at 7.30 and I ring the bell and he don't come down for it. Durkin, stop it. Stop it. There now, that's the third time. Third time? Daddy, not punctual? I think I'd better go up and see. I'll go with you. I heard his alarm clock go off three quarters of an hour ago, so there's just no... 
Daddy? Wait a minute, I... What is it, Johnny? I thought I caught a whiff of cordite. Cordite? But no, I... I guess not. Daddy! Johnny... Thing to say. I do. Durkin, 
What are you doing snooping around this way? Well, it's as much my affair as yours now that Mr. Edwards is gone. What do you mean by that, Jerkins? I mean the money he left me in his will. And the codicil in his will, it says Marilyn's got to share the insurance with me if she collects. Jerkins. What do you mean by that? Oh, everybody knows her and her father. Her foster father. Ain't been getting along too good ever since she decided to get out and earn her own living. Or tried to. I've been getting along all right. Sure, sure. And all the attention you've been giving your dear daddy these last couple of years. Why, today's the first time you've been in this house and... That doesn't mean that daddy and I haven't... They can wish to be left alone. I'm sorry, Johnny. Marlon... I want to go up and look at your father's room again. All right, if you like. I'll go along with no, you. No, thanks. I'd rather do it alone. Oh? Now, what did I find? Nothing. Sure, there were a couple of old bottles of hair tonic hidden away under some shirts. But after all, I mean, at his age. And that funny little thing on his dressing table, there was a little... Well, hat stand, I guess you'd call it. The kind you find in a woman's hat shop. You know, a little wooden stand about eight or ten inches high. Johnny, look. Huh? Where did you get that? After what you said downstairs, I guess I began Pretty to wonder. It's special. So I looked around outside, you know, for footprints or... Well, I don't know what I was looking for. And you found this handgun? It was in the middle of a myrtle bush. It was Daddy's gun. Oh? And see? One shot had been fired. Yeah. I also see you've carefully put your fingerprints all over it. Oh. Hey, what was Fine. Now, my prints are all over it. So if it was used to... What am I talking about? If there'd been a shot, Durkin would have heard it. What's more, there would have been a bullet wound, and there was no sign of anything in the... Wait a minute. Marilyn, maybe there was. And now, Act Three of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar and the Hair-Raising Matter. My hunch was right. I was sure of it now. I told Miss Turkin and Marilyn to stay there at the house and wait for me, then jumped into my car and drove into Albany to the Undertaker's. Here we are, Mr. Dollar. The embalming room is right here. Though I must confess we haven't had opportunity to prepare Mr. Edward's body yet. Good. We've uh, been rather rushed all day. Yeah, I'm sure. Now, where is he? Right over. Here we are. Was he a relative of your... No, no. Wait a minute, what are you doing? Just uh, trying to make sure that a crazy hunch I had is... Look here now, are you trying to pull his hair out? No. Off. What? I think. Now, look here, young man. Look. Look. You see what what I'm trying to do here? What? Good heavens, I can't believe it. We would never know. I don't think anybody would have. But it's a hairpiece, all right. Just big enough to cover a small ball spot. 
It matches the rest of his hair so perfectly. Hey, you got some kind of a solvent? I don't want to have to rip it off. Yes, I think we have to be here. Sure, those old bottles of hair tonic. Probably hadn't used them in years. But that little wooden stand. Sure. He parked his wig on it. What did he say? And probably nobody knew that he wore it except himself. And somebody very close to him. Here, Mr. Dollar. Here, this will remove the toupee without damaging. Yeah, good. I don't understand why you want to take it, sir. Yeah. Right in the middle of his ball spot. Covered up by the hairpiece. And the bullet that made it was a thirty-eight special. Marilyn, you say you didn't get here this morning until I did. Yes, Johnny. You're sure? Yes, Johnny. Run up to his room again. Where's Durkin? Kitchen, I guess. Johnny, you have a funny look. I mean... Yeah, come on. I'll tell you this much. Your father was murdered, all right. You... You sure of that? Yes, you bet I am. Now, look here, here, on his dressing table. You know what this is? Of course. It's a little hat stand I used when I was a kid. What's it doing here? I don't know. Funny. I never really noticed it before. How long did... Daddy, wear a toupee, Marilyn. A what? Toupee, a hairpiece. Oh, never. He was always very proud of his hair. You're sure about that? Of course I am. For a long time, he always used to smell of hair tonic when he came downstairs well, in the morning. Well, it just happens I... that you're wrong. What? A small, very well-made hairpiece covered the ball spot where he was shot this morning. With this thirty-eight, you say you found outside. I did. Honestly. All right. All right, I believe you. In spite of the way you covered up any fingerprints that may have been on it. You did too, Johnny. Yeah, that's right. Now listen. That leaves only one person who could have known about the hairpiece have killed him and then covered up the bullet wound with it. I knew I'd smell burnt gunpowder when we first came up here. Johnny, do you think that you mean... Yeah, yeah, but to prove it, well, I've got to try a bluff. Yeah, see if I can bluff her. I can't believe it. Yet with him dead, she'd have money, more money Hold than... Hold it, Marilyn. Well, Durkin? So you're back. Where you been, anyway? Checking up on something. Something I should have suspected last night when I talked to Mr. Edwards on the phone. What do you mean, Johnny? Line clicks. That meant somebody was listening in on the phone downstairs. Don't look at me. I didn't even know you called him last night. I was in bed asleep. Were you, Durkin? What I was just checking on at police headquarters... Police headquarters? Yeah, was a set of fingerprints I found on a glass you'd been using in the kitchen. What? I wanted to compare them with some prints I found on this gun. Well, that's Mr. Edwards' gun. The one you used to kill him? That's a lie. Is the fingerprints match? No, that's a lie. I wiped them off Before the gun. Before you threw it out the window? Yes. Then open the other windows to let the smell of powder out? Yes, I wiped them off. At least I... I... I thought I did. Okay. Let's go. Then. Don't worry. There'll be no part of the insurance or any other money for circuit. The court will take care of that. 
and probably with Benny. Mr. Marilyn, well, you know something? There's a gal I think I'd like to see again. And I don't mean because of her fortune. Expense account total, including all the mileage on my car, $47.50. Yours truly, Benny Dollar. Jennifer Moss, author of Town Red, the first in a series of mysteries with a metaphysical twist. Town Red has received critical acclaim and all five stars from avid mystery readers just like you. Town Red and the rest of my books are available in print and in ebook on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and iTunes. For more information, visit my website, jennifermoss.com. You're listening to the great detectives of old-time radio. Welcome back. Well, between uh, yesterday's Nick Carter and today's Johnny Dollar, we've got a little bit of a pattern of our heroes bluffing out a confession. Uh, The scheme was interesting. I'm not sure I entirely uh, bought it. It does seem that even with the um, bullet wound covered that the coroner should be able to tell the difference. So I guess I thought this plot was uh, hairbrained. Uh, okay. Now, uh, I should mention the episode that was missing here, and that was the one most wanted matter. And this is actually the last episode we have for 1958. The good news is that um, when we get into fifth, we'll be dealing with about one ep- missing episode a month for the first few months, and then hardly any for the rest of Bob Bailey's run. But still, there are a lot to get through, and it's sad to think so many are missing. Over on Facebook, uh, Wayne comments, uh, Bob Bailey was the best Johnny Dollar. David says, uh, for me, it was a toss-up between Bob Bailey and uh, Edmund O'Brien. While he was only in an audition show, I think Dick Powell would have been a good one, too. 
Uh, well, thanks so much for the comments. And yeah, there is actually some debate, though I think Bob Bailey really has a huge edge over uh, all comers, given that there were a total of eight actors who played Johnny Dollar, six actually on the air. He's a kind of overwhelming favorite, but still there's a lot of interesting uh, discussion. Uh, and even those who really like uh, Bob Bailey... Uh, we'll often have a little bit of a debate over who they like second most. For example, Jim Widner uh, really has come to really like uh, John Lunn, uh, Jim Widner of the Radio Detective Story Hour. Uh, John Abbott, who wrote the uh, Who is Johnny Dollar uh, book, um, really thought uh, Charles Russell was the second best dollar. I really do tend to line up with Bailey first, O'Brien second, uh, but they all have their merits. And uh, then we have a listener comment from uh, uh, Mark who says, uh, I originally started listening in the 900s and was caught up. Then I got the app for my Windows phone and decided to start at the beginning. I don't know if I'll ever catch up. I just listened to the Johnny Dollar episode, The Lamar Matter. Wow, what an episode. A lot of dialogue, but it really helps you feel Johnny's uh, roller coaster of emotions as he fell for the girl, then heard she was married, and then found out that, well, I don't want to give it away for those who haven't heard. Well, it's been a while since I uh, wrote. I was going to wait till I got caught up. You're in the 1700s, and I'm around 1063. Uh, but since that will probably be a while, here's another comment thanking you for your hard work. A big thanks. Well, thanks so much, Mark. I do appreciate it. And Lamar Matter is definitely a uh, very good episode. Uh, and then I uh, had an email from David. Uh, another David who's right. First and foremost, I want to thank you for bringing back old time radio programs such as Box 13, Nick Carter, The Abbots, and my all time favorite, yours truly, Johnny Dollar. I've been an avid fan of yours since episode 0159, Sherlock Holmes, the 5th of November. And both unfortunately and, for and fortunately, Downcast, my podcast catcher, has helped me catch up on most of the missing episodes between 001 and 0158. Uh, second, I also managed to use these trips down memory lane as a method to interact with my great-grandfather. Although he has uh, Alzheimer's, he's 98, these programs have helped uh, bringing a sense of calm to him at times because he fondly remembers some of these shows. Likewise, I play these shows for myself, and for reasons I can only explain as deja vu, I feel as if I grew up listening to them when they first aired. Uh, there's an attachment with old-time radio that I have, which I cannot explain as neither my parents or grandparents listen to them, only my great-grandfather. Um, well, thanks so much, and I'm glad that it's been a help to your great-grandfather, and... Um, uh, definitely uh, do appreciate your con words, and uh, thanks so much for listening out there. All right, well, that will do it for today. Join us back here tomorrow for Dragnet, and then uh, next Friday, another episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. In the meanwhile, send your comments to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and become one of our friends on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.